because we don't want anything. No, the rest of the country doesn't want anything that comes from California. We don't want to listen to California or New York or Massachusetts. But yeah, Utah's got a different name. Utah's respected. And so it's more of a Trojan horse. You can use Utah as a more of a Trojan horse. And as I say, you know, um, they've been infiltrating here, the Chinese, since the 80s. And the globalists since probably well before that. But we also understand the globalists and the Chinese are two arms of the octopus. They are working in conjunction together. I'm not surprised at the targeting of, 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 the, uh, of the state at all. And it's not just the legislatures. It's also the covert uh, service centers, the Chinese uh, spy agencies. They were just uh, exposed back in, I think yeah. it was June and July, by the Daily Caller, uh, being in seven U.S. cities, and and sure enough, yeah, Salt Lake. N- N- Nebraska, Min- Minneapolis, New York, and Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, well, well, that tells you a little bit, doesn't it? You know, they they know where to target, and and this is they, this look, is look, you got to, got you got to understand the depth that the communists put. The absolute rigor they put into understanding their enemy, the the religious culture of a certain area, the racial makeup, the economics, the uh, political makeup, they know you better than you know you. And welcome to We Are The People Radio. This is your host, Jason Preston, and my lovely co-host, Alexia Preston. How we doing, baby? Doing excellent. I'm starting to get used to those glasses. They're looking good. <laughs> Thank you. They make you look extremely intelligent. I, I would like to think I make myself look intelligent without them. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a vibe. I like yeah, it. All right. Well, this is a better vibe. I agree. <laughs> I, I do. Well, we've got two incredible guests. Well... Actually, a co-host and a absolute lights-out international rock star joining us today. I like that. He is. Yeah. I've been can't, really you, can't, you can't fight crime without a good team. And we have a great team. You're in for a great show. We had James Lindsay. And honestly, this guest is every bit uh, the man. I've, I've been really pumped. If you, after, if you don't know who he is, make sure you start following him on YouTube because he has incredible content. Uh, would you want to introduce our guests? I'd be happy to. We have in studio with us today the international. Oh, what about what about? Oh, oh, that, I'm talking about him. Hey, I'm just oh, hanging the, out. The international guys. star. I'm just he's here to listen. listen. I'm just he's, here to he's listen. He's basically to that guy a co-host. He is. He is. I think we need to start adding Tom and Chelsea to the featured role. So we're gonna have to. We have to put in the other stars of the show. Yes. Yeah. So he helps us fight crime. Internationally sure. known. Tom Hazelton, the man, the myth, the legend. Yes. Thanks for having me again, guys. Welcome back. Oh, we love having you. <laughs> I think the heat's getting to our brains today. It it's must a hot be a, one. It is a hot one. Yeah, Tom, Tom needs no introduction, so welcome back to the show. Thank you. Yeah. Glad to have him. And who else we got? Well. The, the one we've all been waiting the for. The one we've all been waiting for. The one and only Trevor Loudon. Bum, bum, bum. Big deal. He is a very big deal. Trevor, yeah. I got to say... Um, I have absolutely just fallen in a loop with, with your content. 
I mean, it, he, he is a, a walking encyclopedia. If, if there's anything that you want to know about what's happening in this world right now and where we're heading, um, Trevor, it's, it's, it's really, and if you're not following him, you can follow him on YouTube. Uh, you can, I mean, you can look up his content. He's, he's speaking all over the place right now. And uh, he's one of these guys that's really just on fire and waking the country, and I'd say the world up, to this uh, Marxist takeover that we're seeing happen. So Welcome look, to the show, Trevor. Look, it's an honor to be here, guys. Good to see all of you. And uh, Trevor is an author, filmmaker, public speaker from Christchurch, New Zealand. Uh, for more than 30 years, he's uh, researched the radical left, Marxist and terrorist movements, and their covert influence on mainstream politics. Seems very relevant for what's going on here in the state of Utah. It is. Yeah. We're, we're going to talk about that. Uh, before we get started, make sure you're following us on all of our socials. Uh, the best place is go to our website. It's been uh, redesigned. It's actually pretty awesome now. It is wearethepeople.org. You can also follow us on uh, Rumble and on all the major podcast channels if you do a search for We Are The People UT. If you're following us on YouTube, uh, we're finding, we're hearing people are, that YouTube is unsubscribing people. So make sure, make, you might want to resubscribe if you're not, if you've been subscribed. And you know what else <clears throat> they can find on our website? What can they find? Our wonderful, delicious new energy drink. So I'd like to propose a toast to uh, both Trevor. Our, our, our guests, guests slash co-hosts. Thank you Whoa, for joining Tom. us. Trevor Loudon, it's an honor. Thank you. All right. Oh, and our studio going of too. Course. All of us, boom. And we got a <laughs> great studio, right by the way. Why didn't you Just drink to, yours? You gave I'm, me a lot. I'm going to drink. Okay, so you're, you're going to be hopping, baby. <laughs> by the way, thanks also to our studio. We have yeah. the most incredible studio, and cool. that's what they make us look good. So without them, we were back in the old studio with the walls falling down. It is delicious, though, I have to say. I am if you might say so yourself. If I might say so myself. Um, also make sure, I just want to give a shout-out to Castle Rock Interior Solutions. Um, they, they, they are, again, I've, we've, we talk about them. They're one of our sponsors, and they have been, they, they're what makes it possible for us to do this get us out of the old studio where the walls are falling down around us and our cameras made our, my skin look purple. My wife didn't want I to come on because we looked. <laughs> <laughs> well, they save us. Yeah. So without further ado, let's, let's get into it because I don't want to waste any time when we've got someone like this on our show. Trevor, how are you today? I'm doing good, Jason. Thank you so much. Welcome to Utah. It's always a pleasure to be here. I love this state. Beautiful state. Patriotic people. It's, it's not hard to get me to Utah. Oh, well, well, well then we're going to get you out here more often. Yeah, and welcome back. Thank you. It's pretty fun because we, uh, we've been talking uh, a lot today, and he has a pretty good understanding of Utah, the history, the culture, and we're going to jump into that. But uh, before we get started, what I'd really like to hear from you is, uh, I mean, there's very few people that understand what's going on in this world uh, and in this country as, as much as you do. So as you look across the country right now, what's – and across the world, because right now we're seeing so much push globally uh, – what do you see as biggest concern? What is your biggest? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, uh, and it's right. Well, this is what I see on the macro scale. What you have is Russia and China working together with their allies to tilt the world balance of power away from the West, from America and its allies. And so, and, and it's even worse than that though, because Russia and China have deep allies in the leadership of the United States and in Britain and most of the other Western countries. Germany, for instance, has a, has a, a, a chancellor who's is basically an East German agent. 
Um, Macron is a socialist. You know, France. Trudeau is a socialist. Biden has been working in the interests of Moscow and Tehran and Beijing since the early 1970s. So, so but you've still got, and, and what has happened too is, you know, China has massive influence in the United Kingdom, most of uh, many states in America with the American government. And the Russians have, through their propaganda over the last 15 years, have convinced millions of American Christians and conservatives that they are on our side, that we can use them against the World Economic Forum and they're going to save us from the globalists and whatever, but they are allies to China. Right. So you've got a very confused situation out there right now. Freedom is hanging on by a thread. You know, the, the, the um, patriotic forces in the West, the patriotic forces around the world are fighting a series of global, you know, and, and, and then you bring in the World Health Organization, the World Economic Forum, etc., which are basically both tools for Russia and China. And you, so you've got a freedom is hanging on by a thread all around the world because we have clear military major enemies in the world who are uniting against us, but then we also have the globalists and we also have traitors in our own country who are undermining us. So whichever front you look at, there's problems. And um, our allies are basically the grassroots patriots, the grassroots conservatives of the countries of the world. This is a battle between the elites and the, the common people. You know? like so that. we have, our allies are the common people of Germany, the common people of Australia, the people of Brazil, the people of Thailand, whatever against those who wish to crush us with communism, globalism, which are really just two branches of the same movement. A lot of people think you've got globalism, you've got communism. No, no, they are integrated together. You know, the World Economic Forum is a tool of China. You know, it's not some separate entity. How, uh, how pending, uh, how far out do you see you know, things turning dramatically south if we don't turn things around look i could see this in weeks you know um, we could be in a war uh, a major international war within a matter of weeks either being sparked by eastern europe or sparked in the pacific um you know i think those things can be forestalled if we can get through to the next election and elect a patriotic president who rebuilds the military and just shunts the chinese influence out of the country I think we could get we could push that back a long way, but then we still have the massive globalist infiltration of our institutions. We've got the World Health Organization, which is a tool of China again, which is basically trying to grab full power over every nation uh, in the event of a new pandemic. You know, every nation in the world, virtually except America, has signed up to a protocol saying the next time there's a, a pandemic or a health emergency, and guns can be a health emergency, you know, anything can be a health emergency, the World Health Organization runs the international response. You don't get to decide in Utah what your response is. You don't get to decide in Sri Lanka. It all comes down to the World Health Organization, which is a tool of China. And so um, we get a lot of threats in a lot of areas, and I really think this is ultimately a spiritual battle. This yeah. is good versus evil. 
we are going to need some divine providence to get it through this. But here's the thing. When did you ever see divine providence come down to a bunch of sniveling, cowardly, gutless wimps? It's Never. always been, you know, it is people who stand up and fight. David versus Goliath with his little bit of string and his rock. You know, you've you got to think God guided that rock, but David had to stand up and throw it. You know, the founding fathers of this country, you know, with their squirrel rifles up against the world's greatest military empire. There was divine providence in, over, that, over that revolution. You know, the, the famous fog that came down on New York Harbor just at the right time to save George Washington's troops and many other things. Battle but of the, Trenton. Tra Battle of Trenton. But they still had to fight. They still had to stand up. They still had to march in their bare feet. They had to march in their bare feet, not getting paid, freezing in the snow, away from their homes. They still had to do that. And this is what I say. We are only going to be saved by telling the truth. Telling the truth takes courage. And courage is proof of faith. The, only re the, the real core of courage is that you believe in something beyond yourself. That you believe and, you know, that you believe in something bigger than yourself. So I believe if enough people stand up around the world in faith and courage, God may well say this place is worth saving. So I think we will see a lot of miracles happening in the future if enough people stand up in enough faith and courage. I love that. No, I love that perspective because you usually hear a lot of <clears throat> doom and gloom with what's happening. You don't usually hear an optimistic spin on that. Trevor, let me, <clears throat> let me just say, first of all, I, uh, that resonates with my soul. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite uh, parts of history, at least our modern-day history, is George Washington getting on his knees to ask the Almighty for help where the Army wasn't getting paid. They were being frozen out, starved out, beat out of everything, and he, he got on his knees humble enough to say, hey, listen, I cannot do this alone, but I know with your help we can do this. And that right there was the turning point in the war. It was. And those farmers started to win. Look, I, I've been at Morristown, New Jersey, where that's where your troops were in 1780, as you said, not paid for months, freezing, starving in the snow, being defeated in virtually every battle. Um, the farmers hated them because they'd stolen every chicken in 20 miles. Just the, 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 the troops were eating the leather out of their boots. The officers had eaten all their pet dogs. They were on the last, last, they were on their last legs. And as you say, George Washington went down to Valley Forge and he got down on his knees. And then they took the British out in a surprise attack at Yorktown. The greatest victories come from the darkest times because that's when people actually examine what they believe. It's when people actually stand up for their real beliefs. And I believe that pleases God. That's powerful. You know, it's interesting, too, because I feel like one of the things that uh, these, the elite, the establishment, whatever you want to call them, um, <clears throat> they, they're really pushing is, is they want us to be discouraged. And, and you see so many people, and I hear so many people online say, you know, just they feel so discouraged. But it actually feels like we're starting to see a, a, a pushback now. You know, it feels like the, 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 especially these younger, a lot of the younger generation are starting to ha have had an effect. We find it interesting. Um, you know, we were at back in Florida. I think we were just mentioned this earlier in the, the first of June. And Florida, Miami, which is typically very liberal, a little wild. Yeah, yeah. 
there, there, no gay flags anywhere. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's you see people starting to say enough's enough, and they're saying that these young high school kids now are some of the most conservative kids there are generations. Hundred percent, you know, the young generation they understand their liberties at threat. They understand the big tech is censoring them. They are more conservative than their parents. They're more anti-abortion. They're more conservative values. They value their liberty. They know it's in danger. Look, you talk about Miami. I was in Miami a couple of years ago before the last election, and they had a rally there, an anti-communist rally. Oh. You know, and they, they hoped to get, I was right there, they hoped to get 1,000 cars. They got 30,000 cars, and they just seized up the whole city, you know. And they're just flags everywhere. Every street corner was an amazing event. Biden did a rally, I think, the week after and got 50 cars or something yeah. like that. But see, I, I go from, the, the advantage I have is I go from town to town all around this country. I've, I'm constantly on the road. Everywhere I go, there's people in new groups, Moms for Liberty groups. There's people taking on scoreboards. There's people, younger people, getting involved in politics. You know, in some ways, the COVID did us a favour because millions of people sat at home reading their kids' school textbooks yeah. in horror yeah. then watching their cities burn by Chinese-inspired Black Lives Matter and then watching their elections stolen. And they've finally woken up to the fact that they could lose the country. And I, I was just back in New Zealand um, in June. They got a new vo group there, Voices for Freedom, 120,000 members. You know, they did a big march on Parliament. You know, this there is a ferment all over the world because the elitists are showing their hand. Trump forced them to show their hand in this country, woke millions of people up, and they're desperately, the bad guys are desperately trying to damp it down, discourage us, tell us we're, you know, they're doing everything they can to stop this because this is on the verge of exploding in yeah. their faces. So that they have to, they are, they are, they are desperate here. But this is where it becomes exciting because the more we rise up and start to push back, it, it, we, as you said, it plays, pushes their hand to aggressively push us down. And the more they, we see them push us down and, and start to exert their control, the more people will say, wait a minute, I mean, you look at gun, gun, you, this is what happens. So I think we are on the verge of, I think the, the, the true battle for freedom, I think we're, we, it is on the verge of coming. I, I think so too. I think this is one of those pivotal points in world history that is going to go one of two ways. We are going to give up and we're going to slide into a world tyranny and that will be North Korea with American surveillance technology worldwide or we're going to break through this. We're going to go into a new age of, of a lot more freedom and a lot more prosperity. All the technologies that are out there now can continue to lift us from poverty, can continue to open opportunities for us. So I really think we're on, the, we're on that cusp. And, and, you know, if your founding fathers hadn't stood up for when they did, you imagine how bleak the last 200 years would have been with no America in it. Well, we're in that time now. It's time for us to stand up to ensure that our grandchildren live in the kind of world we would want for them rather than the kind of world these evil people are planning for them. I love it. You know, it's funny you talk about that. We, we touched on that briefly with James Lindsay, and we did a whole show with Chelsea on the Fourth Industrial Revolution. And they call Utah the cradle 
of the fourth industrial revolution. I think you're absolutely right. We're on the verge of some massive explosive change. I, I tend to see it as more daunting and overwhelming and I, and there is a lot of negative connotation that comes with it. So I, I really like the inspiring uh, excitement that you kind of bring to it because it does feel more positive from your perspective. But from a local perspective, it's, it's kind of terrifying in a state like Utah because you have this population that's so uh, vulnerable and so, I mean, there's a reason this is the pilot state for so many of these yeah. agendas. So what do you see as, as uh, on the horizon when we're speaking about this fourth industrial revolution? Well, see, in Utah, you've got two main, well, you've got several factors. Oh, okay, the influence of the LDS in this state has been very positive in many ways because this is the most patriotic state out there. I would say it you know, used to be. Well, we used to, okay, used to be. And I think that was, still to a degree, but it, it, yeah. it's we're losing that. Well, well, you've still got a very strong patriot pool here because LDS people study American history. They know that this is an exceptional country. They know there's a spiritual component to, to the founding of this country. They, they believe they believe that the Constitution is literally inspired by God. It is in the Scripture. Absolutely, absolutely, and I and I believe so too. You know. And uh, first country in the world that says rights, man's, man's rights come from God, not from government. That's powerful. Yeah. And that's appreciated. And that well, has been appreciated in this state probably more than many other states. So what you've got, but, you know, you've also got a little complacency here because you've got a very conservative um, community that is very used to helping each other, very strong uh, church networks, but that's a prime, but there's, that breeds a little bit of naivety and a little bit of complacency. And that's a prime target for influencers. Because you think, if you can get inside the LDS church, if you can use Utah's, um, Utah's you can get inside the Utah, get on board the, the Utah political structure, get in with the leaders, you've got people who will tend to follow that leadership. Yeah. Right? And so... Globalists are coming here because you've got a good infrastructure here. You're a hub. Um, you've got the big data center outside of town. Yep. You've got um, some pretty powerful universities here. But you've also got an infrastructure that they can, if they can get to the top of that church hierarchy or the top of your political hierarchy, they can impose their will on the whole state and use you as a sort of model. Then you've got the Chinese who are coming in here, and they've been coming here since the 80s to deliberately infiltrate into your, in your universities and into the LDS church. Because, you know, what does the LDS church has? It has a lot of geneolo genealogical information. It has a worldwide reach. It has people all over the world. And the bait they're using with the LDS, LDS leadership is if we can build ties with China we can bring the LDS church into China mm. and we can, you know, start converting and getting lots of adherents in China. Well, that's great, but what we got to understand is the Catholics tried that and the Catholic church in China is completely controlled by the CCP. The major Protestant denominations are also completely controlled and what they will do, they will draw missionaries into China, they'll build ties and they will use that not to um, allow LDS ideas going to China, but as a funnel for Chinese ideas to come here. Mm. Like, like back in the 80s and 70s, you had a Communist Party member in, 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 in Salt Lake City. His name was 
Wayne Holly, and he was a deacon in the LDS Church. He was a reasonably influential on a local level, but he was a Communist Party USA member, a hardcore communist with the Joe Hill Club in Salt Lake City. Was Wayne Holly in the Mormon Church to uh, for a spiritual development and bring Mormon ideas into communism, or was he in the Mormon Church to bring communist ideas into into the church? This you, like you've got a guy here in this state, and his name is uh, is yeah Talwin Lee Talwin Lay. He's a professor at Weber University, information technology, connected to major. Chinese United Front operations. This is the CCP's main way of influencing foreign governments and foreign institutions. He is deeply in bed with many of your senior Republican legislators in the state. He has used his influence to, to push legislation or delay legislation that would not please China. So they're using business to attract your conservative... Republican leadership, we'll build these business ties, we'll make money. The WF's doing that as well, but they're also using your leadership to impose China's will on the state. I wanted to say something yeah, on, yeah. on this. <clears throat> so in the LDS church, it's been taught that once missionary work can reach the entire globe, that we'll know when it's uh, kind of end of times. And China has always been one of those things like, hey, when we're in China, now they went to Hong Kong, and obviously there was that, that treaty that went back in, what, 2002? Or was it 2020? When did, when did Hong Kong become part of China again? And under Chinese 1997. Okay, yeah, so it was a long time ago, 20 years. But they kept the Chinese, or the Chinese kept the missionary program over there. And so we still have missionaries that are called to Hong Kong, and so that was their end, but we haven't gotten to mainland China. And so when the missionaries get there, it's always been taught within the LDS religion that uh, end times are close. And by end times, it's, you know, second coming of Christ. And, and so it's interesting. I've never heard a take like you just said, and being able to tie that back in with what they're doing. And there's a lot of um, uh, kids in schools here that have the immersion program. Mm -hmm. My youngest son is one of them. He's very good at it. And he says, I don't want to do it anymore. I said, listen, son, learn Chinese. You'll save the world one day. Mm -hmm. But there's a huge influence of Chinese in Utah, and and it's starting to make sense even more to me now. Look, it is it is a major target. Look, the Chinese, the communists. Look, I had a friend in the '80s in New Zealand who trained in Moscow in the big communist training school, Lenin's Institute. In Moscow, they had 16 experts on New Zealand alone. They had sociologists, they had uh, legal historians, they had sporting experts, they had they had everything. They knew more about New Zealand, the culture, the religious culture, the sporting culture, the economic culture than any New Zealander would have known. Wow. So they could target their messaging. You don't think the Chinese, which have massive think tanks, don't know the culture of Utah back to front? Mm -hmm. They know that the LDS wants to expand into China. They know that, but this is the bait they will use to get, you know, it's like the mafia, you know, the mafia, you know, you do business deals with the mafia, make some money, but there's always a hook. Mm -hmm. There's always something to get you in. So the real, the real long-term answer here is work with the freedom forces of the world to bring down the CCP. 
this get rid of the Chinese Communist Party, then send every missionary to China you can, absolutely. When it's free. When it's free. Yeah. But the important thing first is to make China free. President Trump was working with the Japanese. He was working with the Australians, the Indians, uh, the Taiwanese to basically starve out the CCP. And he was... he. I believe if he'd got a second term, the CCP would collapse. Yeah, yeah. he would well, have had, it. and then absolutely. But you send missionaries into communist China now; they're going to infiltrate, they're going to co-opt, yeah. they're going to blackmail, they're going to use that to get influence inside here, so they can use the might of the Mormon Church and its global influence to push their dreams. So wow. you, you, it was, you said something very at the beginning very interesting because you talked about you've got China and, and uh, R- Russia with an alliance. They're, they're connected to the World Economic Forum. You have these, all of these pressures from the outside trying to take this country down and destroy the Constitution. And then you, and then you said that we have traitors from within. Yep. I find it interesting is, you know, you look here at this article from the AP, amid strained U.S. ties, China finds unlikely friend in Utah. And you mm, can find mm, the whole episode mm. we did on this that was pulled from YouTube. It's only on Rumble now. You yeah. find article after article about, about how China has infiltrated Utah and says Utah is the, is the key to the rest of the country. Uh, like you said, they said they, they talked about how Utah, if there's legislation they don't want or they want stopped, they're able to stop it. If there's legislation yep. pushed forward, they push it forward. Uh, you talk. There's articles. This article right here talks about politician after politician that's going, that's making trips back and forth, back and forth to China, uh, and that they, you know, that they own these politicians. John Huntsman was John over Huntsman. There. I mean, you can go down well, down, down the, the list. Ambassador. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You can go down the list. It calls them out. I mean, right here in our backyard, who's the one in Lehigh Andereg? I spent a lot of time with with China. So you talk about traders right here in America. Why, and I can't help when I read these articles about how so many, so many of our, our own backyard right here in Utah is part of that. And my question to you is, why Utah? I mean, you bring up the church, why else? Why do you think Utah, they're so focused on Utah and have, in courting our, our politicians, in courting and getting legislation passed here and stopping legislation? What, what is your thought? Because you also see the World Economic Forum here. You see yeah. the UN here more than any other state. What are your thoughts well, look, on why Utah is being targeted? Look, look, Utah is regarded around the country as, as an exemplary state in many ways. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's regarded as a clean, fresh, mountainous, low crime, you know, high tech, you know, progressive, forward thinking state. And so what happens if you can infiltrate here and get your 15 minute cities in here and you can get your globalist programs in here? It's going to be a lot easier to get them into Virginia or Kansas or Nebraska. And this is a pretty important, you know, central location, um, beautiful area, strong tourist area, and your universities. So this is really a perfect target for both the globalists and the CCP. You know, it's really, um, in some ways, they're better off infiltrating a red state than they're a blue state. Because we don't want anything. No, the rest of the country doesn't want anything that comes from California. <laughs> we don't want to listen to California or New York or Massachusetts. But yeah, Utah's got a different name. Utah's respected. And so it's more of a Trojan horse. You can use Utah as a more of a Trojan horse. And as I say, you know, um, they've been infiltrating here the Chinese since the 80s. 
and the globalists since probably well before that. But we also understand the globalists and the Chinese are two arms of the octopus. They are working in conjunction together. So uh, I'm not surprised at the targeting of, 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 the, uh, of the state at all. And it's not just the legislatures. It's also the covert uh, service centers, the Chinese uh, spy agencies. Well, they were just op- uh, exposed back in, I think yeah. it was June and July, by the Daily Caller, uh, being in seven U.S. cities. And, and sure enough, yeah, Salt no, Lake. N- Nebraska, Min- Minneapolis, New York, and Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, well, well, that tells you a little bit, doesn't it? You know, they, they know where to target. And, and this is... They, this look, is look you gotta, I gotta, you got to understand, the depth that the communists put, the absolute rigour they put into understanding their enemy, the, the religious culture of a certain area, the racial makeup, the economics, the uh, political makeup, they know you better than you know you. And they can see... The LDS church here is a strength and a weakness from their point of view. The, um, the, the fact that this is a deep red state is a strength and a weakness from their point of view because, um, you know, when Democrats go and work with the Chinese, they say, well, he's another communist. But when Republican leaders are working with the Chinese, it sort of disarms it a bit, you know? Yeah, because they're well, the good guys. Yeah, we're the good guys who work with the Chinese. It's all about business. You know, one, I noticed one of your Republican leaders says, well, China's here to stay. We've got to manage them. The China's here to stay. The CCP doesn't reps. have to be here. Yes, one of your Utah reps. The, C- the China's here to stay. The CCP doesn't have to be here to stay. And any decent LDS member should not be cooperating with the CCP. They should be working with people who want to end the CCP to liberate the people of China so they enjoy the same rights and freedoms that anyone else does. That is the only legitimate response for any Christian, for any LDS member, for any decent person. Well, I also think another reason Utah is targeted is because, if, again, you go back to the Utah of you know Benson, Ezra F. Benson and Cleon Skousen, you said you're big fans of both of them. Mm, mm. This, would, this would have been the biggest obstacle to them. Yeah. This state was the state calling out the United Nations, Calling out Marxism, calling out communism, saying that they are that they are that have satanic origins, uh, warning members and saying you cannot, you know that that this stuff has to be stopped at all cost. And isn't it incredible that as we develop these ties with Russia, we're correlating. There's a direct correlation. The subversion of our culture world, and we become so open to to Marxism, open to the LGBT flags and flying this, and and all of a sudden, you know, we're, we've 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 stu- we've we've lost our our zest in our fight for freedom well that's right you know if you're if you're a communist or a globalist the number one target is america bring down america well you got it you know well i've already got california they've already got many other countries so what are the bedrock states what are the most patriotic states in america well utah is right up there so if you want to neutralize your enemy you would want to get into your enemy stronghold trevor you know, what Jason said, and I was going to bring that up earlier, was, you know, Ezra Taft Benson's one of my favorites. He has multiple quotes and talks, I mean, from dating back into the 50s, you know, with some poor audio quality. But, you know, he was Secretary of Agriculture, so he understood how D.C. worked under Eisenhower. And uh, going back, and even as a child, I understood that what he was saying 
was very clear to me. It just it resonated with me. And now seeing these things, but you don't hear the LDS church talking about this anymore. They're very quiet. No, now we're saying we should be not contentious. And that we disturbs me. That mm. actually disturbs me because why are we not talking about why communism is a threat? And, and it was always compared to communism is equal to Satanism. Exactly. 100%. Is communism Satanism? Uh, it is. You know, like, see, people say, well, communism is an economic system. No, what, this is what communism is. We have natural hierarchies in life. We have God, man, nature. We have parents, children. We have um, workers, employees. We have teachers, pupils. We have these natural hierarchies. Communism is about overturning all of the natural God-given hierarchies. You turn the employee <laughs> against the employer. You turn the children against the parents. The you wife against the husband. The wife against feminism. the husband. The feminism, <laughs> exactly. The the sexual deviant against the normal family. Yes. You you turn it all around because God gave us these natural ways of living. He he, he laid it out for us. Communism is basically Satan's instrument on earth on overturning all of God's hierarchies. God's order. God's order. So it's 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 not just an economic system, it's turning races against each other, it's turning sexual minorities against the, the rest of the community. It's you find an aggrieved minority and you amp up that grievance and you exaggerate that grievance to the point the society collapses and you can impose your own order. So you it's know. a bastardization <clears throat> of what's real. And, and here's the one yes, thing that, yes. see, you know, if you had a, a society set up by God, it would be similar to communism, but by choice. Okay. In other right. words, my, my point is, is that it's every, they, what they, what they sell is a utopia. Okay. But they sell force. So you have to do this. If you work, you give your money to the state, everyone, you, you'll be happy owning nothing, all this stuff. Okay. So, in a in a utopia run by God, if you will. Okay. And this is actually what the Mormon church tried to establish early on was something where they could all live happily and that type of thing. But it's by choice. Yeah. People do this. They choose to be charitable. They choose to give. They choose to work. Not that, hey, I'm, I'm jealous that my neighbor has this and I'm working harder. It's, hey, you know what? We're doing this because we're all working for a good cause. But the difference with communism is it's all set up and, and, and God runs it, number one. Okay. But then this is set Communism is set up where it's government at the top or the bankers, whatever you want to call it, that run it. State. And, and the state. And they all, us, the people, give everything to them. Yeah, we yeah. worship them. And that's yeah. the difference is, again, force, force versus, versus choice. Agency. And that, yeah. that's my whole point. Uh, well said. That, that, well that's said. right. Like, communism is not about sharing the wealth. It's about centralizing all wealth and all power and very few hands. And the top of that pyramid is the evil one. Yep. That's so, really what it... And Reagan used to say, it was a great line, he would say, communism only works in two places, heaven where they don't need it and hell where they've already got it. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so it's interesting because so, I think really China is, is the the biggest probably problem in Utah because it's been, because when you look at if China and the World Economic Forum, the UN are all really one organization or, or at least working together. Then you look right here at the, the influence that uh, the World Economic Forum is having on Utah. There's an article right here straight on the World Economic Forum's website, how urban planners design for walkable lessons from one Utah committee or community, excuse me. And it goes and talks about how Utah is, uh, you know, leading the way and building, you know, here's the, po the point, as, which is right here at the uh, point of the mountain, 
Uh, they're building a 15 minute city um, right where the prison used to be, ironically. Yeah. And they're talking about how Utah is, is um, you know, leading the way in, in designing these yeah. smart cities. Do you think that the World Economic Forum, that the reason they have such a grasp here in Utah is because of the China ties? What are your thoughts yeah, on yeah, that? Yeah, I think they're working together. Well, here's a couple of points, you know. 15-minute cities, what does yeah, that mean? Yeah, tell us your thoughts yeah, on okay. that. What they tell us that means is you live in a city and you, every service you need can be walked to in 15 minutes. Sounds great, right? Sounds, sounds great. But you go to Oxford, England, where they're implementing it, that means you can only drive your car on certain days. And if you get drive it any other day, you will be fined. You can only drive your car more than 50 miles on certain days. The whole idea is to turn us into the beehive society where there's no mobility, where you're locked into a community, and you can be controlled. See, this, is, this is, goes back to Plato. The beehive society is the ruling class, the queen bee, the soldier class, and drones, endless drones. Now, this was Agenda 2030. This is what Agenda 2030 is. Yeah. Get, destroy rural infrastructures, drive people out of farming and rural lifestyles into cities where they can be concentrated and easily controlled. Where you get up in the morning and you have your mung beans for breakfast and you cycle down to the co-op and you work all day and then you come home and get indoctrinated for three hours, then you go to bed and do it all again the next day. That's the, that's the ideal communist society. The man who invented this 15 minutes concept is Carlos Marino. He's a professor at the Sorbonne, but he was also once the leader of Colombia's Marxist-Leninist terrorist group. His group attacked the Colombian parliament and 136 people died in the process. And this is the man that is, his philosophy is being applied in your area to implement these 15-minute city concepts. It's, it's Agenda 2030. And Agenda 2030 and Agenda 2021 came out of Moscow University. That's where it came from, through the United Nations, all over the world, and it's being implemented by naive Republicans all over the country because they think, oh, this will be good for business. Let's just get everybody out of the countryside and cities and they can all eat mung beans and we can save the environment. And I'll, I'll go, here's, here's how they tie together, though. The Chinese, the, China, the youth wing of the Chinese Communist Party held a meeting in Beijing in June 2022. It was the World Youth Development Forum. And they had guests from all over the world, and it was all about implementing Agenda 2030. 15-minute cities were all part of this, etc. It was organised by the youth wing of the Chinese Communist Party. The... Um, the organising committee, the people who sort of put it together, included Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping. The guests were all communists, young communists from all over the world. And the keynote speakers were Gutierrez of the United Nations and Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum. You know, this they are together. They are integrated. The World Economic Forum has the job of bringing business and politicians into socialism, into the Chinese Just orbit. Fascism. Fascism. It's... it's that's, that, and that's right, that's what the modern Chinese system is right now, where you have some private business, but the government tells you what to do with it. You know, that, that's Nazi Germany, Italian, Italian fascism, that's the Chinese model right now.
But that is the model for the future. That's the model that Bill Gates likes. That's a model that a lot of these big American titans like because it means no competition. It means you can work together with the big centralised party to keep the peasants under control. You can live in your gated community and everybody else is expendable. So that's why you see that some big businessmen are quite happy to work with the communists. You remember, you remember the Red Guard in China, what they did with the kids and what they did to the old you know, way of thinking people that had money that had the farms and they used the kids against them and then once they got their way and they kicked them out and they murdered all these people well then they threw the kids to the curb but that's what they're trying to do with our generation mm. and that's why seeing that these there was a study done um on 12th grade students on seniors this year that they're more patriotic now than yeah. they've been in the last no, 30 no, the years men, or what was it only the boys the, the, boys. the, men, the, boys. the boys is that what it was it was okay. and the, it was the women are actually not they're worse but they're the worse. men are standing up and so that's why, so you, you look at that and what they did with um, Pol Pot, same thing, like they use the youth to go against the parents, right? Mm -hmm. It's the, uh, the old uh, Pink Floyd song, Roger yeah, Waters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so then they just expose of them. They say, hey, thank you for doing our bidding because you're the ones that actually did it, not us. And they take over and have a new regime. But that's what they've been trying to do with our children here. And it's just interesting to find that this, this study that was done, um, we'd have to find it and cite it. Mm -hmm but that the 12th grade boys, and I thought it was all, but it's just the men that are standing up here. So that gives me some hope. I know. Yeah, look, 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 there, there is, and I'll say, I'll say something else on that. You know, another thing they did in the cultural revolution in China was they ripped down all the statues. Yep. So we got Black Lives Matter, which is a Chinese directed operation, 100% ripping down all the statues in the South, denigrating the founding fathers. It's, it's destroying the history. Foundation. You have to destroying the foundation. What we are in in America right now is a Maoist revolution. And another thing that China, I've got to say that the Chinese have, the, Ma the Maoist communists have a concept called the mass line. The Communist Party comes up with a concept and everybody must do it. Like for one, one time in China, everybody had to kill 10 flies every day. You know, it just sounds stupid. But they, another time they had to kill sparrows because the sparrows were eating the grain, so they killed all the sparrows, and the insects plagued and killed and destroyed more grain than the sparrows ever did. But the point is, what did we see here with COVID? You know, mass line means anybody who bucks the mass line must be punished, must be um, driven out of society, must be executed, must be fired, must be marginalised. What did we see during the COVID here? What do we see the doctors who thought, no, well, we're, we're, we're maybe, maybe we should try vitamin D therapy. Maybe we should try hydrochloroquine. That was Chinese mass line pushed yeah. by the World Health Organization, which is controlled by the Chinese. NIH too. Yeah, NIH, which is all controlled by the Chinese. What do we see in the transgender movement? This is mass line. We all know it's garbage, but everybody's got to agree with it. And what happens to you if you don't agree with it? We've got to understand what we're seeing in America today is Chinese mass line isn't it, politics. Isn't it interesting, too, that, that, uh, that first off, we're not talking about, taught about Marxism at all in our schools. Some of us in college will learn a little bit about, um, about the Soviet Union, but nobody is taught about Mao. About, about what happened in China. That's what I find fascinating is, is that's probably the most important thing to understand and nobody understands it. Yeah, it's, and, it's, and that's what's being imposed on America, Maoist-style communism. <clears throat> so going back to these, you know, 
especially because uh, to me, I think that the only way to win this fight, <clears throat> it's got to be about winning your backyard. I, I truly believe that states have got to get control of their states and at a state level, stand up to the federal government. At the state yep. level, kick out, you know, the feds, the, the DOJ, anyone who's going to come in, the, the state has to stand up and put a constitutional wall around the state. And so a lot of our message is get control of your state. And in a state like Utah, where you've got, you know, these, uh, the 15 minute cities, you know, you've got, you know, the point of 15 minute city, you got article after article here. And then you've got uh, Spencer Cox, who's out here talking about these. And then what, what's your thought on this? Because I want to show you the video here uh, where, he, you know, he's clearly out presenting on these. Um, and I want to hear your thoughts on, on, what, on, on Spencer Cox here. Let's play this. And allow us to technological advancements in smart cities. And, uh, and, and really, uh, there's no reason we can't be the first smart state. Okay, so you, so you hear him talking about it. You see that he's speaking at these at these events, despite denying it. But the, then, did you, you saw the video where yes. he uh, says there's no such thing as a smart city? Well, what's a smart you're making, city? You well, stop making shit up. Yeah, yeah. What is what, what is your? <laughs> you really thoughts shouldn't here? be so contentious when you say stuff like that. So, so what are your thoughts <laughs> on him? Because he's clearly deeply involved with this. Why do you think he reacted the way he did? Well, I, because I think he'd been caught out. You know. The, the smart cities, it's all right when he's talking to his friends and we're going to impose this on the state, but the unwashed peasants may not understand our benevolence, you know. We, so we can't really talk about this to the unwashed. We can't really talk about this. You know, this is the typical elitist, born-to-rule attitude that the Chinese Communist Party just loves. So he knows what he's doing. He may not understand the full implications of it, but he's part of this big, grand international scheme, and he's going to be a leader in this movement. But the poor, backward people of Utah probably aren't up to his level yet, so he can't really be talking about it to the voters. He'll talk about it to a certain people. So you called him out, and he got a little bit tetchy about it, did he not? Yeah, and, t and to me, I mean, yeah, literally hands, hands on me. But to me what that says is that, because some of these politicians are like, maybe they don't really know what they're doing. Uh, and I think there are, and I've, and we've actually had some come on the show and 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 say straight out that hey, we didn't know, you know, that, yeah. that we were involved in this and and we won out. But where someone like Spencer Cox, the governor, is is clearly been speaking on it, talking about it, we just heard him, and then acts the way he did. To me, that says no, no, this isn't someone who's ignorant, who doesn't know what he's doing. This is someone who who knows full well what he's a part of. And he's afraid of getting called out. Would you agree with that? Or what are look, your thoughts? Look, look, 100%. You know, that, that's the way it is. You know, he's in it for an agenda. And, and, the, and the, see, the problem is um, with any big church, people tend to think if you're in the church, you must be on our side. Mm -hmm. But look, we know Harry Reid <laughs> converted to Mormonism because where he lived in Nevada, you had to be a Mormon to get elected. You think Harry Reid was ever really on board with the tenets of the Mormon church. Never. Right. You know, but he would still get elected on that basis. Well, you know, you want to be a, a leading politician in this state, you've got to at least pay lip service to that. Like Romney. But it, like Ron, but it doesn't mean you believe it. This is what people, and this is not exclusive to the Mormon church, or this is any area where a, a certain faith is dominant. You will find people who will use that, you know, this, this Tao, Tao Wen Lei, Chinese Communist Party member, moves to Utah, 
becomes a big wheel in the Republican Party and joins the Mormon Church and quotes Mormon Scripture and is you know all this. Do you really think he believes? I think it's so hard. I think it's so hard in this culture to. I think it's just such a. We want to believe. Yeah, of course we want do, to you. believe everybody is good, you know, yeah. and I think everyone has that string of good in them, and I think we yeah. want to believe in the in the better nature of man, and I think and, that and that's, that's what, what allows against us. I need to say this, uh, you know, you were talking about Harry Reid, and the Mormons blindly follow this like they did Mitt Romney. Mm-hmm. I was one of those in 2012. Mm-hmm. I didn't know enough about Mitt. I didn't know his ties. I didn't know all that stuff that went on. But let me just say this. <clears throat> And this may not be very popular with my family, and I don't care. But I have an uncle that's a United States senator. His name's Mike Crapo. He's been oh, there for Ida, 30 Ida, years. Ida, Idaho, yeah. 30 years, and he wins every time with a 70 to 75% re-election rate. He's the number six ranking member in the Senate right now. And the last time I even saw him at a, uh, you know, at a family deal, and uh, you know, he'll give talks, and it sounds like a Fox News regurgitation every single time. And I said, I said Uncle Mike... Can you, can you do me a favor? He says, what's that? And I said, why don't you stand up? He says, what do you mean? And I said, this country is on the verge of collapse and you're in the Senate. You're one of the highest ranking members. I don't ever hear anything. I don't hear a press release on you. I don't hear one thing about you doing anything. You know, the Senate banking committee, there was some thing. He was the gang of six, um, whatever. And he says, what do you want me to do? You want me to punch Nancy Pelosi in the face on the top of the courthouse steps. And I said, well, if that's what it takes, but you need to be loud. And, and like we said, there's not much you can do in Washington other than be a watchman. And he's not a watchman. You know what he is? He's a lapdog. Yeah. And, and yeah, I'd, I'd love to call him out on this because I'm sick and tired of hearing this stuff. And he just, all he does is go along to get along. And that's most of our politicians in this state. They go along to get along because they don't want to rock the boat with the church or anybody else. And they just do their thing and they say, okay, oh, now I'm compromised. So now I can't do anything. I want to share yeah. a, a we're, story. We're living, the, the future of the country is at stake. Now we got to stand up. Yeah, you, you, we had a very fascinating conversation. Um, I ran for Congress uh, in 2022. And, um, you know, federally running hearings, John Curtis. And we, we were making tremendous headway. And at one point towards the end, we had Roger Stone came out. Um, and, and we were just, it looked like we were going to have some real success. And then there, we had a, a, a Green Beret who came and uh, was introduced to me who had just recently retired. And he, I guess they used to drop him in to help overthrow governments. And he said, Jason, I want you to know what, you're, what you are going to get, what's, what's waiting for you if, if you win. He says, the day you get back to D.C., they will have a team of people with one job compromise you. They will use women. They will use money. They will use influence power they will find your weakness and they will own you and he said i he says i do not believe anybody or very few of anybody can make it through two terms without getting owned what are your thoughts well, on that well here's the point i heard a story about two conservative republican con- congressmen in a western state and uh, both were having affairs and they got they were both rebels they were both back in this establishment and they were both told that if you don't stop doing, if you don't start towing the line, your wives are going to find out what you've been doing. So one of them compromised. The other went to his wife, confessed everything, you know, full contrition, and he's still a conservative. He's still standing up. 
So that's the point, isn't it? You know, that you're right. They will compromise you whether what they'll find your weakness. You know, how do so many people go to Congress on a salary of $200,000 a year and be multi-million dollars a year? You know, earn, Insider you know, trading, Mr. You know, John Curtis. Yeah, but, but all of that. So, yes, that's Number right. Number two in the country. But th- this, is, this is what I Nothing say, you know. When we're vetting our candidates, this is how we've got to eliminate that problem to a degree. Mostly it is, you know, you, you look at the candidate, is he the same faith as me? Is he conservative? Does he believe in the First Amendment? Does he say he believes in the Second Amendment? Yeah, okay. This is what you say when you interview people. You look at your Utah State Constitution, you look at the American Constitution, you see where it's being violated. You want to represent me. What will you do to defund any institution in this state, any un- any edu- university in the state that denies free speech to its students. What will you do? What will you do to stand against the teachers' unions if they are hassling teachers? What will you do against the Library Association or the ACLU that is trying to stop people taking smart out of schools? What will you do to make sure there's no red flag laws ever in this state? What will you do to make sure there's no unconstitutional, you know, pushing, you know, suppressing of Second Amendment rights? You've got to ask these people, you've got to look at your constitution, locally and whatever, see where it's being violated, and ask them what they will do to fix the problem. That's going to eliminate 90% of your candidates straight off the top. If they were being honest. The well, yeah, but, here, but at least you get them on record, you see. Yeah. But you the, here the problem is you'll have a legislator, and you were just mentioning Representative Curtis, who will lie while looking you in the eye. And I think that's the problem. You have a combination of really unethical, dishonest legislators and a gullible, trusting population. Right. And that allows people to, to creep in uh, with very little, little uh, influence, really. Yeah. yeah, and that, that's absolutely the problem. We've first got to start with, in, the, the real patriots got to start with real vetting mm-hmm. for a start, put people on record, and then you've got to monitor the heck out of them. Look, there, look we had yeah, 20 well Republicans who basically stuck it to Kevin McCarthy, and they got a whole bunch of concessions out of him, one being that he cannot put uh, money into primaries any longer, GOP money into primaries, which is going to make it a lot easier yeah. For conservatives to win now, there's big concessions because a lot enough patriots had got enough hardcore people into the Congress that they could make a difference. We couldn't have done that ten years ago. And by the way, were any of those from Utah? No, no, no. no. And, and, and and here's the thing: I'd, I'd tell our, our listeners these conversations we're having. We have reps that are in D.C. They know way more about the corruption than we do. Why aren't they, why isn't your rep talking about this? Why is your reps instead talking about cons- how, about the conservative climate change? Why are your reps instead, you, you know, governor or your governor talking about his priorities, he, him, you know, using his proper pronouns and pushing smart cities. Where are your reps? Why is it, where's the media? Why is it regular people like us have to stand up and be the watchman on the towers? When, and, and then when it comes time for reelection, guess what? We put the same people in because they come and promise us new things and we just believe it. Because it is only the comment the, 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 it is only the grassroots people are going to save this country. You hit that at the we, beginning. We have been we have been 
let down and betrayed by both our political and religious leaders. And I'm not just talking about here. I'm talking about across the country. We are going to be saved by grassroots Christians, grassroots patriots, here and everywhere. This is a battle between the elites and the decent common folk. David and Goliath. And this is and this is it. And David won that battle with yep. a rock and a piece of string. I love it. Because he had truth on his side and he had God with him. Yep. I love it. You know, we, we talked about China. We talked about the World Economic Forum. And we talked about their, their, that they're also building smart cities here. We're moving to a digital currency. One of the things that, that, that people are alarming people about, to, you know, is, is the danger of when we, when, when we add in digital ID to this. Tell us your concerns with digital ID. Has there ever been a time in human history where government has had power over the people when it didn't eventually abuse it? Never. 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 So you are giving a government or a, super a supernational government the ability to control your finances or deny or cut off your finances at any time. Can you not see the potential downside of that? You know, look, look. Um, already we're seeing it in the United, in the United Kingdom. People are being debanked. They debanked Nigel Farage because he was a problem. So you can't bank with us. Well, that's pretty crippling. What if you can't do anything? You know, you write a letter to the newspaper complaining about the county commission, then they cut your bank account off, or that, or whatever. I know? was debanked. Really? Okay. okay, Chase Bank. Okay. Oh, Chase is bad. Well, news. there you yep. go. Chase Bank debanked me okay. about four years ago. They said, you have 30 days to move your personal, 60 days to move your business, and we had everything over there. No explanation. Wow. Well, see, this is if, if a private bank will do that to you, what will happen if the government has control over every aspect of your finance? So they can cut you off at any time. They can penalize you for buying certain things that you, they don't think you should buy or certain books that they should, don't think you should read or a gun that you shouldn't be really having, they don't want you to have. Look, there's no way this is not going to be used to suppress freedom. I, I mean, China, no is, China is, the, is the model, and yeah. they're already doing it. Look, they are, well, they have this social credit score. Everybody has a score. And if you go to church, you get your points marked down. If you commit a crime, you get points marked down. If you uh, join the Communist Party, you get plus points. If you... Um, Join the military, you get more plus points. If you get caught protesting, you get deep minus points. Look, you can get your points taken off you in China now. If you take a phone call from a person with a low credit score, your credit your credit right. score will go down. Or date. And, or and, date. Or and date. Well, that's and people, yeah. and people's that. and no and people's scores are made public. Yeah. So I would know your score. And so if I know your your score is low and I associate with you. My score's gonna, my score is going to go down. They showed that one jaywalking, and and they had the score currently on. It was literally displayed for the public there, and someone jaywalked, and their score went down, and it showed everyone what it was doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it's it's a brilliant system because yeah. if I know wow. Tom, Tom's too much in the freedom movement and his score's down, and I, I'm gonna it's gonna it's gonna encourage people to inaliate him, so the government doesn't even do it. Well, that's right. Because probably brilliant. say mine's in the negative. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're, this group would be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, well, 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 people will do it. You know exactly. That's. See, this that's is where what, we're this, headed. This is what ESG scores are in business. Yep. You know, look, that's why, that's why the Democrats um, federalized student loans. Because the old days, you go to a bank, got a student loan, you went to the college of your choice. 
Now you can only go, if you've got a federal student loan, you can only go to the colleges with a good ESG score. Mm. So you go to an independent, Bible-believing, you know, college that doesn't have an ESG score, you can't get a federal loan for yeah. that. So when you, so as we look at China, we look at social credit score, you look at where we're following so quickly, ESG, it seems like one of the big pieces is the digital ID. Yeah. How concerned should people be about digital ID being passed in their states? Look, absolutely, we should be. And in Florida, uh, Ron DeSantis has passed several bits of legislation to cancel, to stop this happening in Florida. So if it can be done in Florida, it can be done in Utah. Okay. And Alexa, you only have to do it in two or three states, and the whole system falls down. Alexi, yeah. do you want to share what's going on in Utah with digital ID? Uh, we just, the governor just signed a blockchain digital ID bill into law, even though they tried to pass it, uh, and it failed every time. But then they Because the people showed up. We showed up, and we thought we won. We, we said, we, we, went, we made public comment. We said, hell no, we do not want digital ID in Utah. And the legislators, you know, praise to the legislators, said, all right, we're not going to pass it. What does the governor do? Pilot program. Uh, he signs a pilot program into law. Yeah, so it's trying to get rid of So this shows you where your governor stands with your traditional Utah values. Why is this man still your governor? <laughs> Well, because he stands up there and tells everybody that how important it is to be nice and how important it is to get along. He's now the he the president of the or the lead, what is he of the governors association? He's, he's president of the governors association. Yeah. So now and and he's putting out these messages about disagreeing better and and being more kind, uh, and, and and the people in Utah value kindness. It's important to be kind. It's important to be nice, and we have a governor that talks in these very nice tones about being nice and being kind. Meanwhile, if you confront him, he'll swear at you and get in your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but see, well, but nice see this, this, is, this is the thing is that we are supposed to be loving, okay? How, so how do we but do it, this? How do we wake people up? How do we change that and get him out of office? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll just say this first, you know. This t any Christian should, any pe person in family knows there's two kinds of love. There's the love of the mother who will be kind and accept you and bandage your knee and always be there for you. And there's the love of the father who will boot your little backside if you disrespect your mother, who will hold his son to account, teach his daughter to be a lady. So, there's, so it, to be loving isn't always to be nice and kind. The loving thing to do in this state now is for genuine Christians, genuine patriots to stand up and call out the leadership that is selling them down the river. That's the loving thing, both for the errant party because you can't re you can't repent unless you know you unless you're held to account unless you know you're sinning and it is it is a time for people to stand up you look at the spirit that brought people to this land you know they were persecuted across america they forged their way all the way to utah set up this great community here tamed the wilderness you know inhospitable it was pretty inhospitable they they tamed it. That was that wasn't. You had to be pretty darn tough and pretty darn rugged, and pretty uncompromising to do that. Well, that's the spirit that's going to bring Utah back. That's the spirit. You got to call out some of your politicians. You got to put them in their place. You got to replace them. That's the kind thing to do, and that's the loving thing to do. Wishy washy kindness doesn't always cut it.
I had uh, two two things real quick. One, my ancestors on the patriarchal side came from Norway. And they had an oppressive king in Norway that said, you have to be Lutheran. And they mm. said, we don't want to do this. So they left and they came to America, settled in Minnesota and became homesteaders. So that's where my father's side comes from. But uh, hearing the story from my, my uncles, my grandfather, that type of thing, they had that spirit about them where it was, hey, we're not going to be told what to do. We want freedom. We want to we want to raise crops, raise a family and uh, just be left alone. That's that's point one. Point two is during COVID, the LDS church, at least the culture here, would say you have to be kind. Wearing a mask is Christ-like, okay? Now, here's the one thing that I know about Christ. Yes, he's kind, but he's also just, which is the side that says, hey, look, we're going to stand on principle. We're not going to move on it. So in, style, in, in matters of style, swim at the current. In matters of principle, stand like a rock, right? Thomas Jefferson. Yes. Yeah, Christ that. always stood on principle. And so if something is wrong... You don't just say, hey, that's okay, go ahead and do this. It's like, no, I'm drawing a line in the sand, and I'm not going to allow this. Yeah, look, well 100%, you know, Christ didn't go into the temple and negotiate an equitable settlement with the money changers. You know, he turned the darn table over because what they were doing was so egregious that that was the only appropriate response. He could be as kind and gentle as a dove, but not always. You know, he was very willing to call out evil. And every Christian should be willing to call out evil. That's our responsibility. Oh. It is not an optional thing. It's a, it's, it's a, a responsibility. Yep. You know, if you won't, as I say, if you won't protect your family, you're worse than an infidel. Well, they're coming for our families. They're coming for our way of life. They are corrupting our kids in schools. And any leader that lets that happen has to be called to account, and very, very strongly if necessary. Well, we, we are uh, running uh, short on time. We've got our, uh, our barbecue to get to that we're going to be speaking yeah. at. We're oh, very oh, excited. Yeah. We are very excited to hear you speak. Imagine uh, but, being a vegetarian. Oh, <laughs> no, I can't imagine that. Trevor, w would you share with our audience um, your final thoughts? What, what if... if uh, you could leave one message with uh, the people here in Utah, people here in the or anywhere in the country that are, that are just trying to get their backyards in order. What would you, what would your message be? I would say that people sacrificed and gave their lives in treks across the country and fighting wars to give us the liberty and prosperity we have today. Do we owe it to their memory to preserve that liberty? Liberty. Do we get a pass on the sacrifice that they made? They made sacrifices. Do we get a pass on that? Do we owe it to our children and our grandchildren that will come after us to do whatever is necessary, whatever it takes, no matter what it costs us, to preserve the liberty that we have so that we may pass it on to them? Is that our responsibility or is it not? Well, I want to thank you uh, for being here. I want to thank you for coming to Pleasure. Utah. I want to thank you for taking you know our fight serious and and uh, helping expose what's going on here. And uh, you know, to our listeners, I just what what a blessing to have one literally one of the greatest minds in the in the world when it comes to the, the principles of liberty here in our backyard. And uh, this the corruption here only happens because people are unaware of what's going on. And the way you can help stop that 
is by sharing this content, sharing the words of, of Trevor Loudon with, with your neighbors. Um, the, the, the truth is power, and the truth Absolutely. will set us free, yep. and it will set our children free. And it must be boldly pro- proclaimed. That's the key. Yeah. So thank you. Awesome. Trevor, God bless you. Thank you for being here. And God bless uh, our, our listeners and our, our viewers. And, and uh, God bless America. God bless Utah. And God bless each of you. Thank you.